Welcome to Shine Me A Light Podcasts. In this series, The Last 27 Years, in each episode we go through the last 27 years in the life of one Sydney Girls High School Class of 95 student, and this episode is Paulina Riantu. I have, not, I have not thought about anything. I've deliberately not thought about it. So, in 95, did you do HSC with everyone else? Yes, I did. You were one of that crew. I think I did. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I think I did. I did. Well, that's, that's because we've got the two groups now, the ones who went there and the ones who were there. So Great. And then what happened after you left school? It's a memory test. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, I was really lucky because I got into vet school, which was my dream since I was nine. And I didn't think I'd get in. So basically, and you know, you only found out, when did we find out our results? Was it like mid-January? It was back then. You had to wait. And that's crazy because literally three weeks later, you're at uni. Yeah. And um, you didn't know if you were going or not. I didn't know <laughs> anyone. And... Um, yeah, so what was your question? <laughs> what happened? happened? Yeah, so yeah. you went to uni and you, got, and so you wanted to be a vet and you got into that science. Yes, and that's five years of uni. Um, and I met some amazing like-minded people. And it was just like the first day of school when I sat next to Denise Yaka in 7G and said, can I sit next to you? And then we became best friends. It was just like that. We got on this bus very early in vet school that took us to the farm out at Camden where we did all of our rural placement. And um, I sat next to two or three people who were my new best friends, you know, like um, for five years. So That vet school, that's where I was living out in that area in high school and traveling. Yeah. So it is pretty... Far pretty far but uh, and, and it's it's farmland right essentially yeah. yeah 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 so there's sheep there's cattle yeah um beautiful country yeah it's great you actually got to do what you wanted to do yeah i'm really lucky like i i do i do feel grateful what a cliched word but um that i was lucky that i actually enjoyed what i selected to study because yeah. remember we had those little books that the the uac or whatever it is that yeah. showed you one paragraph about what veterinary science was and i think i read that a hundred times um because i didn't have the means to research that any any further really yeah i mean i did um year 10 placement you know I remember we, we had to do um our careers oh, yeah, work placement experience. work experience yeah. so i kind of knew but i didn't um you know culturally being a vet in my family, it's it's very unusual, you know. So, and yeah. And that actually occurs to me because I remember we we met. And we were just talking about it, we met in kindy. Yeah. Um, and I remember your mother was working at the school. That's right. And that was there was some. You just arrived. Did you were you born overseas? Yeah. So we came. Um, yeah, I was born in Russia, and and in 1980 we came to Australia as. Um, migrants um and and we we really didn't have much we lived in a hostel actually at Ramwick barracks and then they put us into housing um and mum worked as a cleaner and then 
she was she was a very um, good piano teacher and still is, and and so she started teaching piano to the children of the houses she was cleaning, and um, some of those kids went to Kambala, and the you know she was told you know just go get a job at Kambala, so she did, and that's where Alexis and I first met in kindergarten. <laughs> At Kambala, um, and I, I was only there till year three. Um, yeah, me but too. Well, how long were you there? I can't remember, but I left uh, year two. I was somewhere else. Yeah, um, went to international grammar. Yes, yeah. So Alexis and I have just a couple of memories from that time, and I was certainly in that kindergarten class too. Um, okay, so that because I remembered something around that, and then I remembered you living in a block of flats. Yeah. And you know, we and then your and was when your brother was born, I think. Yeah, my brother was born and um just like we must have been really good friends because mum asked whether I could stay with you while she was in labor. I mean, it probably was a last minute decision, let's face it. Yeah. Um but um, but I remember your parents and um we went to your place and I I reckon I stayed the night. Um, and that was a really big deal when you're in year two or yeah. year three, like to have a sleepover. Yeah. Um, so thank Terrible. you for looking after me during that period. Okay, so you're, you've done vet science yes. now. And, and so that is actually amazing because I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't do it. And a lot of people just didn't know what they wanted to do. So you knew what you And that's more normal, I think. Yeah, it's more yeah. normal to not it's really know what you want. I was just lucky. I got away with it that I just landed on my feet. It was not, it was very hard. I didn't do brilliantly, but who cares? Um, and, um, I ended up graduating and, um, I, I decided I wanted to do mixed practice, which is not just cats and dogs. It's also horses and cattle and sheep and pigs and whatever else. And so I moved to the country and I absolutely loved it. But being on call every second night, is um very it's not sustainable and back then um you you are on call and you get called all the time and you go out and it's it's it can be quite scary as well like you're like you know your car can get bogged or you just don't know where you're going in this down these country roads but my boss was amazing I worked in Wingham which is a little town near Tyree and he's still a mentor of mine and um I, I just love that year, but then I decided to, to to go to the UK and travel because I always wanted to be a backpacker. Yeah. So um, and I met um, my husband. We weren't married; like we were together for like eleven years before we got married. But we went to the UK for four years together, and that was just life changing as well. Because because again, in the UK, I was really lucky. We we, we got work very very easily, yeah. and the work. Um, was outside London it came with accommodation in a car so basically you could stay in a flat above the clinic and it was very poor conditions uh, I mean but who cares as a backpacker I mean, you've got a roof over your head and then you know you go travel to Egypt you know or Italy or you know and you do all those things that, that that's really what I wanted to do um, so I, I love that experience I think Tash and Jeremy um, did that a bit earlier so they really inspired me um yeah. to make sure i, I, I made that happen yeah, um, that. yeah so i think basically you could have had a high school reunion in the uk it seems i think <laughs> <laughs> most people were there yeah so i love that and so 11 years doing that and five years of uni that's 16 years that's taken you into your 30s. well no we were four years in the uk oh, yeah okay. four years in the uk yeah and, and then um yeah, yeah yeah and then um 
yeah, it was it's, it was a great experience. But I think I think we wanted to come home eventually yeah. because um, I mean that's our parents are pretty important to us, you yeah. know, to be at home and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And when you got back here, what happened? I don't know. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I got a great job um, in Maroubra, and I stayed there for thirteen years, and that that was that was excellent. Um, I didn't mean to stay for thirteen years, but you know. I just ended up getting married and having kids and vet is really hard when you're working full time because there's a lot of, um, we have a lot of mental health problems within our profession and there's multi, it's very difficult to explain it. I don't know if we want to take the time, but basically, um, if you look at the type of person that vet school selects for, it's usually one of those like type A personalities, people are perfectionists, they're very motivated, very driven, very hard on themselves. And then they go through vet school, which is great. You're in this community and you're all supporting each other. But all of these, um, all of these personality traits don't really go that easily when you're actually working and you're looking after people's pets and you want to have a hundred percent good outcomes, but it's not the reality. The reality is that things go wrong. Pets have diseases that you can't a diagnose, b treat. You know, you're dealing with um, euthanasia as well. And um, which I guess it was very daunting at the beginning to euthanize an animal. And it's always, even to today, like I I always feel very emotional dealing I with people's pets yeah so and he had to be yeah. cancer incurable and i remember the the vet putting the catheter in and he licked her hand oh, that was his last gesture you yeah. know what i mean and she just started crying and she said i've never met a dog with less aggression in him than this dog yeah and it just but it was a it was a beautiful thing like yes. i thanked her the way she did it and you know, she held him, you know, and that was he took his last breath. And there was a beauty in the way she treated the dog. It is. And I think I've developed that for myself. I feel like it's, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I offend anyone and what I say, um, I'm not maybe explaining myself clearly. And, but it it is a, I I don't want to say a gift, but it is a a way of looking at it is that we are lucky that we don't have to let our pets suffer and we we do have options of making the right choices and and these are very difficult decisions for the owner and that's what i think as a as a vet or any kind of medical professional you take a lot of that on board um nurses everyone um because you want you want to support the humans through their journey, but also be the advocate for the animal um, yes. for for and what's best for them. Feel like their children. So oh, in this day and age, that, you know, <laughs> the way that that showed empathy and compassion mm. towards my dog was the greatest gift to me. You know, I, I've had to euthanize another dog at another time where the vet just put the injection in and left the room yeah. and I had to hold my dog's head off yeah. the floor and I couldn't put my dog's head on the floor yeah. and I didn't know what to do. And yeah. so those skills of empathy and compassion and care and all yeah. that come into play and they make the best medical professionals. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's why the UMAT now has that middle section, the people skills section. It's not all just about science. Anymore. Yeah. So I think um Going into vet school, you don't often want to actually be dealing with the human side. You want to just be there for the animals. And then you quickly realize, oh, my God, I have to deal with the crazy owners as well. And um, in the nicest possible way. But um, now I'm working in a different practice where they're very affluent people. And um, these these pets and, and 
these pandemic pets, you know, who these COVID puppies, they are part of the family. They are sleeping in people's beds. They are everything to people. um, And I totally understand that. But then you're also, you, you want to really understand what's going on, why the owner has brought the pet. And there's a lot of pressure that people put on themselves. And therefore, we have huge mental health problems and also a lot of vets um, these days, um, the, the students are coming up with this enormous debt of $120,000, $150,000 and their salaries do not, they are not able to pay this off, okay. you know, at all. And um, My ex-debt is in that. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think um, part-time <laughs> suits me. It's perfect. Um, I can just work, you know, three or four days a week plus weekends we always work weekends and it's a great balance and it's a great way to cope with um the stress of work and the consequences of that and Mm. when did you start when did you have your first child i think it was 2011 um olivia's yeah she's just turned 11 (laughs) i think i was like 32 or something 28 (laughs) (laughs) whatever but you did so you didn't have children in your 20s because I had no. a child in my 20s. You did. Boy, that was, ooh, in hindsight, I wish I had. <laughs> Life throws <laughs> you curveballs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah. But 30, so how did, how did you feel about working and parenting as a balance? Oh, time? you know what it's like. You always think, oh, you know, I'll be back at work in six months yeah. or whatever. Back in five days. <laughs> yeah. Well. Because <laughs> when you work for yourself, a um, dog yes. certificate doesn't do you much good. No. No. <laughs> So, yeah, like it was um, – it is what it is. And I think um, we had like five pregnant people at once at work. And we only had a staff of seven, you know, so that's a lot of pregnant people. Um, but, yeah, just look, we, we have this um, great family support. So Chris's parents and my mum are 100% available for us. And there's no way I could have headed back to work. Um, Chris was a PhD student at that time and – you know, um, but work, I, I really find I benefit so much from having that balance where I've got my own identity and I don't, I don't judge anyone who, who does anything different. I'm just saying yeah, for myself, exactly. you have to that works. Work yeah. And finding yeah. that takes time. You know, you have, to, yeah. you have to do a lot of things that don't suit you to find what yeah. else, you know. And often you burn out before you realize, oh, actually that's too much. Yeah. I need to oh, not do that. What 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 have I done that's that's triggered that that, that I'm not coping with this situation? And that's a common theme mm. in a lot of people I've been speaking to is that you know the burning the candle at both ends, yeah. the taking on too much, and the having to learn over and over again yeah. to self care has to come first. It does. The older to do anything exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. So, have you? Do you have more than one child? I've got a second. Um, Alex. He's just turned nine, so he came two years later. Um, yeah. Alex, great name. Thanks, Alexis. <laughs> yeah, can't go wrong. Yeah. So, and how are they going? They're great. They're thriving. I feel like we're in this golden period um, where the kids are at this age where they just get along with whatever we want to do. Um, they just they're into it. Whether we want to go for a bushwalk or we want to go snorkeling, um, they don't really. They're not as opinionated as I feel that they will be in the next couple of years. Ooh. I am getting a bit of pushback um, <laughs> from Miss Eleven, um, <laughs> but I, the hard thing is like you just see yourself in your child, and my mother is like, "There you go, back at you <laughs> in the nicest way." It's like. Yeah, you were like that, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's the problem. I know. So, that's 
so relate to that. Yeah. So do relate I know. to that. And the teenage years, I tell, I'm telling you, girls, I'm you're not seven, ready. You're seven, <laughs> boys, you're nine. What painful. Yeah. <laughs> So the contrast today was, you know, the nine-year-old left the car going, I love you, mum, have a great day. And the 11-year-old left the car going, have a bad day, mum. And I was like, great. <laughs> anyway. I have learned, one of my greatest lessons has been not to take that personally. I love that I don't. I today. know. It's got nothing but it's so to do with it. I used to, my son who's 19, used to hurt my feelings so much. Yeah. Because it would mean to me I'm a bad parent or that I'm doing, I'm doing something wrong if he is horrible to me, you know. And or, and I just laugh today because I just, um, it's got nothing to do with me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's an attempt at manipulation or it's a projection or it's totally about, you know, taking it out of me because I'm here <laughs> and I'm not going anywhere. It's a safe space. Yeah. yeah. I get it all in theory, but yeah. it's so yeah, hard. Connect, yeah, for sure. I'm not good at that. Anyway. I've, I've, I've probably had it down pat for a few months. Okay. So, you know, now that I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. Who from school do you still have contact with? Um, well, I'm, I'm really lucky. I mean, in, to be honest, um, I'm really lucky because... I still feel very close to my Sydney girls people. Um, I've got, you know, Len in Sydney and I've got Tash who comes in and out from Newcastle. Um, Denise, I'm very close with, but she's in Melbourne and I accept that she's going to stay in Melbourne forever. Um, But her parents are here, which is great because now she started to come back (laughs) to visit them. And then um, I've got Karen in Melbourne and she comes back all the time, Karen, um, because her parents are just around the corner and she'll even move into my house with her whole family and dog, um, you know, if we're not here and and she needs somewhere to stay. So I love love being able to see the kids grow up. um, Sumana is in Singapore with Asri um, and she's always trying to get me to go over there and pre-pandemic certainly um, we would go and deliberately try and catch up with her but um, look and then beyond beyond that group you know you bump into people you know and it's amazing because I wasn't friends with certain people at all and then you know we're a bit older now and our paths intersect and it's just lovely yeah and it's lovely to see you and you know and all of these um yeah i feel like very special and if, if, I, if i've forgotten everyone I'm, anyone i'm sure i'm sure i have forgotten to mention um people <laughs> yeah so they're like, like the main people i catch up with but then like laura's child will play netball at a very high level where my child plays netball and we'll bump into each other and it's just it's so magical seeing people who who you grew up with I had this at the beginning of this this beautiful sort of idea that we're all sort of on this journey, you know, of life and we've all gone in these different directions, you know, and yeah. but in the same way we're all sort of going well, we are all going towards the same destination. I won't mention what that is. Oh man, I think you, can you know what we can this. talk about? Um the turning forty yes. and the like the semi midlife crisis. I which I don't I don't think I really had one until like more recently yeah. where I'm like what am I doing is this is this really the life that I wanted and I think um I, I think I, I am really trying to make an effort to be in the moment with the kids yeah. which is really hard for me because I'm a task focused person yeah um whereas the husband's like this fun fun like doesn't doesn't get anything done 
like he works but yeah, no, like you know like like do you not yeah 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 so i'm like the contrast of that so yeah i'm no i'm really conscious that you know we are lucky you know we get to travel which is nice it's a, it, it is very fortunate um and i think also as far as a prof- professionally just looking at like where am i going i'm in a great practice i'm in working great hours it's hard like I, i'm challenged which I, I need to be challenged i can't just work and be bored yeah. i hate that and i i sort of stopped doing continuing education through the pandemic i, I the pandemic was terrible um it was just look it was really stressful because um because as a vet we were run off our feet but the threat of the virus was very much in our faces because i was seeing maybe 20 30 40 humans a day face to face and at work um we had to wear a lot of ppe um we were scared of the virus at the time we yeah, thought early 2020 we, yeah, and more we were terrible. scared of giving the virus so chris and i continued to work we were scared of giving the virus to our family yeah, kids not so much because they, they they were tough but it's more grandparents yeah. so we completely isolated ourselves from all friends and family because we continued to work face to face with the public yeah. so for that whole period of time um it, it was really hard because we were homeschooling um so one of us would work um, and then the other person would stay home with the kids. And we were lucky we could do that. We didn't have to work from home. And I, I, I think that was great. Yeah. But um, that, that was really hard um, at the time. Chris actually moved the kids um, to the Blue Mountains for six months because we ended up getting an investment. We had a business deal that fell through and we ended up getting an investment property. And he just took them there and I just commuted um, to and from work um, up from the 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 blue mountains which was amazing to be up there and have that as a lga rather than um you know being in where other people were but so it was great so we could do bushwalks and things but we were again very isolated um during that period of time the kids weren't seeing anyone at all how did the kids go with that they thrived i think they did we were we they they were pretty good. I, on my homeschooling days, we were done by 10, 10.30. Like I kid, I could, I, I just couldn't do it. Um, Chris loved homeschooling, which is very unique. Um, it's like the only person I know. Um, so, so yeah, look, we just, you know, you just do what you have to do. Um, and yeah, so, so I think it was. So question, is your life what you want it to be? What's your answer then? I think ultimately yes i think what we need to do um and i'm just talking about myself yeah. even though i said away is just not look at look at the grass is greener is definitely not the kind of person i want to be i have friends who are constantly um looking at what other people have and wanting that and i like i'm very much not into that that is my insides to someone else's outsides yeah and the FOMO and you know people have it tough and they don't show it yeah they don't show it and what you see is just a small fraction of what is actually going on that in that person's life um so that's really important to us and um but I loved Sydney girls because it was incredibly um the the demographic was so varied there were people from everywhere all strokes of life and um you know different cultures different religions um you know different upbringing and i I think as teenagers we were quite aware of each other's differences and yet i think that's what made the experience really unique 
and I want that same for my kids but it is I feel like we're in this society where where we live in particular it's not particularly varied or diverse and their upbringing like they I just my goal is just to not have spoiled brats and it's it's hard it's hard and you know looking going through this midlife crisis you know there's um again I'm not going to be able to explain this very clearly but you know there's there's, you know, apparently there's certain things that in that have been researched that make people happy and your money is one thing. You have to have a certain amount of money to be happy, but it doesn't actually have to be excessive. Yeah. You know, the second thing is, you know, like you have to be fulfilled, but you also have to be able to give to other people. Yeah. So I think one of the things I started to do very recently is, and I've always wanted to, is go and volunteer in something called Pets in the Park. It's like a charity um, at last Sunday of the month. Um, for for dogs and cats and they come to a church in um, Darlinghurst and basically we provide all of the veterinary care for free so if the dog needs surgery we book that in if the dog has a wound and it's just homeless people and it is it it brings so much um, just to be able to give something like we do like I always give my time I mentor students and you know that that's easy for me it doesn't it doesn't really feel like doing anything it's just normal but um, but this this also is another level of me trying to say, look, what 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 can I do to make myself, you know, yeah. more feel like I'm I'm giving something to the community because I'm at that age where I can I can I've got time yeah. that and so it's just four or five hours every you know it's it's easy and I took my daughter along um, last time because I thought look she she needs to just see that this is life life is hard for some people and unless we actually show the kids um they're they're gonna have quite a skewed perspective um you know the only places she goes is the eastern suburbs god forbid (laughs) what's gonna happen you know like yeah so does that sort of make sense it was amazing catching up with paulina we went to kindergarten together with two other class of 95 city girls high school students and hopefully i can record their stories as well thanks Paulina.